Welcome, dear readers and dear listeners and dear users of online materials and resources. You are listening to a special edition of Time to Read, a Winnipeg Public Library podcast. We are coming to you from our respective homes as we continue to follow the advice of our public health professionals and practice physical distancing. We acknowledge that each of us is located on Treaty 1 territory, the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe, Cree, and Dakota, as well as the birthplace of the Métis Nation and the heart of the Métis homeland. Normally, we are a podcast book club, but this is an extra episode to highlight some of the many, many online materials and resources you can still access for free from the Winnipeg Public Library. Our physical branches may be closed, and most of us may be relegated to our homes, but we want you to know that we are eager to serve and introduce you to the amazing resources still available to you during this unprecedented and difficult time. Now, if there is a book you think we should discuss in the future, or if you have any suggestions for future podcasts, or have any comments at all, please let us know at wpl-podcast at winnipeg.ca. I'm Kirsten, and normally you can find me at the Harvey Smith Library, but today I'm sitting at my dining room table, staring out the window, hoping to see another butterfly. And across the screen for me is... Hi, I'm Trevor. I'm normally at the Louis Riel Library, but today I am at my kitchen table wearing slippers. And across the screen for me is... Hi, I'm Erica. I'm usually at the Fort Erie Library. Today I am right by a window looking out at the melting snow, which is hopefully not going to come back this time. And across the screen from me is... Hi, I'm Dennis, and I normally work in the Idea Mill, and I'm working in my house's library. Nice. Yeah, I see some, some good titles behind Fancy. you. Fancy. <laughs> a good book can carry me away from an ever-engined ordinary day. Yeah. So keep it down, leave me alone. Close the doors and turn off the phone. Cause all I ever really need is a little more time to read. You, dear readers, we couldn't do this without you. It's your questions and comments that form the heart of our discussions. So make us laugh or make us cry by emailing us at wpl-podcast at winnipeg.ca or leave a comment on our website, wpl-podcast.winnipeg.ca. You can get in on our discussions by finding our friendly Time to Read Facebook group. You can subscribe to Time to Read on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, and other fine podcasting services. Don't forget to stick around to the end for our regular segment, Nerd Words for Word Nerds. Oh, uh, before we get too far into this episode, we should mention some good news for any Winnipeg residents who don't have a library card. You can still get in on WPL's online resources. Winnipeg Public Library has launched our new online registration service. There's a quick form to complete that will give you temporary membership that gives you access to our online resources while libraries are closed. There's a link on our website, winnipeg.ca library, a link on our catalog page, and we'll include a link in the show notes too. If you already have a card, you can keep using it, even if it would have expired within the past couple of months. We're extending the expiry dates during our closure. If you have any questions about your library card, you can contact the library through our Ask Us forums, and library staff will help you out. Okay, so I guess we'll just jump in, and I think we're each going to talk about some of the online resources that everyone can access from the Winnipeg Public Library. Trevor, did you want to go first? 
Yeah, sure. I thought it might make sense for me to go first because I would be more of an introduction to people who maybe have watched all the shows on their streaming platforms that they are uh, wanting to watch or they've, they're tired of looking out their window at the same tree for the last few uh, <laughs> weeks. Uh, so, you know, it's good to remember, like Kirsten, you said, that Winnipeg Public Library's mission from their website is to enrich the lives of all Winnipeg citizens and their communities by providing high-quality, responsive, and innovative library services. And so... That hasn't changed. We're still fulfilling the library's mission, even during this stressful and unprecedented time. Also, I thought of this quotation from Neil Gaiman. You've probably heard this one before, but where he says, Google can bring you back 100,000 answers, but a librarian can bring you back the right one. <laughs> so, so with that sort of in mind, you could go on the internet and look around at all kinds of interesting stuff, and we should be doing that. But Winnipeg Public Library has curated a number of specific resources that we think you will find helpful all the time, but especially right now when you may be feeling a little cabin fevery, so to speak. And if you have a library card and you're not sure whether it's up to date or not sure if, oh, I can't use it because of fines or I can't use it because this or that, I would strongly suggest to go to our website and click on the Ask Us button and librarians and library staff are monitoring the Ask Us and ask them questions about your card. And a lot of cards that would have expired have been extended. A lot of cards that may have had uh, fines may still have the fines, but they may not be a barrier now for you to access a lot of this material. So we just want to get that word out that if you are a little uh, not sure about your card, please check with us because we want you to use these resources. They are a lot of fun, but also a lot of hard work to put together. And so the more people that can use them, the better. I'm going to talk just a little bit about info guides. Now, info guides are dedicated subject clusters that are around all the time. We've been doing them now for a couple of years, and there's a library staff person who is assigned to each one. And they're great because instead of just trying to find links on your own, you know that somebody, an information professional, has gone in and done the work, vetted it, made sure that the information is good, reliable, up to date. So there's a list of all of those that you can look at. But specifically, there are a couple of new ones that have come out since the COVID-19 crisis. There's one that's called Info Guides at Home, a click away. And that one just went up uh, just during the time that we've been all staying home. And it's uh, it's great. I'm just uh, clicking through it right now myself. And what it does is it has a bunch of links to activities for kids. A lot of you will have children at home right now doing school remotely from home indefinitely. So there's a thing, Harry Potter, History of the Magic Exhibit. There are links to different arts organizations that are putting up live streams of either live concerts or plays or recorded ones from before that they're playing again, stuff that might be behind a paywall other times. But now, for the uh, short term, the paywall has been lifted and they're free to all. So I would strongly encourage you to visit the at home uh, a click away. Uh, you can just go through the highlights, which is what I was just scrolling through right now. But you can also have tabs. If you want to read things, you can click there or there's a learn tab, create, visit and explore, stay healthy, watch and listen and of course play. So feel free. You, you will not run out of things on there. I guarantee it. I've, I've just started 
scratching the surface of it. It's, it is great. I love, I love this, um, this, uh, info guide. Cause I know lots of people are sharing, you know, on Facebook or whatever. Oh, here's a list of all the, of some of the operas that are doing something for free. Or here's a list of some of the art galleries that are doing something free. But this is so great because you have one info guide that has taken all of those suggestions and put them in one place, which is so useful. Exactly. Um, and another info guide that's been very helpful, I found, is one that's specifically on the COVID-19 pandemic and the information that you can find. I want to just give credit to Monique Woroniak for uh, working on this one. It's filled with up-to-date, reliable uh, information specific to Manitoba, but also linking to other sites across Canada around the world that will uh, give you information that you can rely on, that you can read, that you can direct other people to. If you're like me, you might have, let's just say, some family members, let's just say maybe your wife's aunt, who <laughs> likes to send things out, uh, uh, you know, like things that she's been emailed, and then she's thinking she's doing a service, right? So she's forwarding on this email. That might be, you know, oh, my friend was out for supper the other night with somebody who had an uncle who was a doctor in China, and this is what he has to say about COVID-19. And it's filled with very troubling, unreliable information. And so, uh, yes. So uh, if you have someone in your life like that, I love you, Aunt Lynn. No shame. Uh, <laughs> but let's not uh, let's not send those emails. They're, they're they they just kind of they're like nails on a chalkboard to a librarian when you when you see them. Uh, so please check out Monique's COVID nineteen info guide. And then, sort of like the evil twin of COVID 19s uh, info guide is the one that I work on, which is the Spotting Fake News info guide. And we put up some links that are specifically targeting certain scams and fraud that has popped up around COVID-19. So uh, it links to a bunch of fact-checking websites. You know, if you've heard this in the news, and I'm not going to repeat any of them because that's how rumors start. If I say one thing that's not true, that's going to say, whoop, the public library says this. So like, no, I'm not saying anything. I've learned my lesson that way, the hard way. But if you go there and you have a question about, oh, is this true? Or, you know, if you, if I take this supplement, will this help? Or this, that, the other thing? And, and so there's lots of good information there. Uh, one I just want to point out specifically is one called Misinformation Watch that I've added there. It's from the Ryerson Social Media Lab from Ryerson University in Toronto. And they've just made this amazing dashboard of good information. It's split up between links to good fact checking sites, but also, you know, is this true or is this false? And you can click on it and it will take you through different things. And so uh, I go in there uh, quite a lot to just sort of say, well, actually, you know, that is not true because everyone loves a person that's like that, right? <laughs> I do. <laughs> well, thanks. Uh, so, so yeah, and so, and I'm, I'm, I'm constantly kind of looking at the uh, what's the the new scams, the new rumors, and I've been updating this info guide on a regular basis. So, I'd say if you're not sure where to start, start with the at home guide for stuff for your brain and for your soul. Go to the COVID nineteen for good information, and go to the spying pig news site so you're not duped. And that's all I have to say about uh, my section. Who Who's going to talk next? I don't mind going next, if that's okay. I think the squirrel that was distracting me is gone. He was he popped up right close to the window. He scared me. And then he's just been running around going in my flower pots and then like up and down. But I think he's I was gone. wondering because I could see you kind of like. <gasps> he was right. Like the window is an arm length away from me. And he was right on the other side of the window on a, t on a chair. 
So uh, it scared me. Anyway. You, you know, Eric, <laughs> okay. when, I, when I was talking about the email from Aunt Lynn, you kind of clutched your chest. And I, yes, and, I, no, and, I, and I thought, oh my gosh, uh, Erica also got this email and she's followed everything in that email. And now she's, she's, she's realized that uh, none of those things are good for her. Uh, but I'm glad to hear that it was actually a squirrel that was causing you distress right now. Not, yep. not the fact that Aunt Lynn's email somehow reached you. Just, just startled by a squirrel. He's back. Where are you? Um, I think also, like, I was just reading Hound of the Baskervilles, so there's, like, a lot of, like, things startling. Anyway, there he is. That's the squirrel that stole my pumpkin. Okay, oh, anyway. squirrels. I like that one. He's okay. We call him Robert because he takes our stuff. So the online resource that we're relying on very heavily at the moment is Canopy Kids. Canopy is an online streaming service that you can access through the Winnipeg Public Library website. And Canopy Kids is unlimited right now, so it doesn't count towards your monthly checkouts. Mm. So we've been watching a lot of Canopy Kids. They have great stories read aloud. The first one that we found was Don't Let the Pigeon Drive the Bus. And it was really great because it was kind of an enhanced version. It was turned into a little short cartoon film with the voices of Mo Willems and John Ziska. I forgot to look up how to pronounce that name. Doing the voices of the bus driver and the pigeon, So and it was hilarious. The other one that my kid said was her favorite one was Duckling Gets a Cookie, which is another Mo Willems book. And he does a voice for that one as well, I think. So those ones have been played a bunch of times. And then yesterday, when we were encouraging her very strongly to do something on her own that did not involve us, um, <laughs> she discovered PBS Kids show on there called Nature Cat. And Nature Cat is hilarious because he has a little bit of an English accent and he's a house cat that secretly has outdoor adventures during the day. He doesn't just sit inside and watch the world go by, he says. He goes out and he gets muddy knees and stuff like this. But he's constantly yelling tally-ho before his adventures. <laughs> and um, my kid says her favorite character is Hal the dog because he's a funny, weird dog. So we've been watching lots of that. The second thing that I'm enjoying a lot right now is Ancestry has uh, made itself available to library users from home. It's mm -hmm. usually just for branch use to go and use at the library. I will warn you, Ancestry.ca is kind of a black hole, like a Wikipedia, like Wikipedia is, where you, once you start going in it, you're like, okay, I'll just look at this one more thing or this one more thing. Especially once you start to find things like census data, where you could, or census, like the actual photo of the census record with the person has handwritten your ancestor's name or something like this, which I, yeah. which I found, especially because most of my family is from Ukraine. And so there's not a lot of records, if any, from there. So as soon as they arrive here and you can you can start to see these actual like historical documents charting their lives it's very exciting and then in some cases you can find like you could there's like a find the find a grave thing so you can actually see a photo of the gravestone or the memorial or whatever it is and it just needs to have these like really tangible examples to add to any sort of genealogy thing you're working on and then finally and this was something that I came across for the podcast is because we're trying to find books that would be really easy for multiple people to read at the same time. So I was poking around on Overdrive and the Libby app. And if you haven't started using the Libby app yet, I highly recommend it over Overdrive's other apps. I find it very pleasant to use. But there are some things that you can do to find books that are always available or ones that are available for unlimited users right now. So right now, Overdrive is featuring a big library read. It's just till April 13th, but I have a feeling they'll probably be doing another one soon afterwards. The book right now is called Funny You Don't Look Autistic by Michael McCreary. 
and they're encouraging discussion through their site as well. So it's kind of like an online book club. The other one is Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone is available in unlimited copies for the moment to keep people reading. And then when we were talking about what to do next for our book club, and one of the reasons we chose Hound of the Baskervilles is because it is available in unlimited copies off Overdrive. And also, like with us, a couple of us already had a copy lying around. So, And also, and also Sherlock Holmes is awesome. And that's, <laughs> I mean, the main reason. And it's al- always fun to talk about Sherlock Holmes. So, And, and also... Yes. The Sherlock Holmes animated movies are actually available on Canopy Kids right now. That's right. Including Hand of the Baskervilles, you said, right? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) So that's awesome. Anyway, so when I was looking around on Overdrive for those kinds of books, they have all the Project Gutenberg books on there, easily downloadable if you're already an Overdrive or Libby user. There's actually 236. And uh, the easiest way to find those is just to enter Project Gutenberg in the search bar on the page. So those are my top three choices of things that I'm using heavily right now. And yeah, thanks. Awesome. Cool. So I couldn't limit myself to three things for our (laughs) online services because I actually use quite a lot of these. And uh, I should say at the beginning, like if you're accessing a lot of our online databases, the way to do it is you go to our website, winnipeg.ca slash library, and there's a there's a couple of buttons right on the front page, and one of them is databases. And that's a boring word, but it actually leads to a lot of interesting things, because when you click on it, you'll see a list of even more things than we're talking about today. For most of those, when you click on them, it'll bring up a thing that asks you for your library barcode number and your PIN just to access it. And then once you've done that, you're in and you can actually use these websites uh, fully. So Erica had mentioned Canopy Kids. I sometimes use Canopy, my wife and I. Uh, My wife doesn't enjoy fiction a whole lot, and that extends to movies and TV shows. But she does love documentaries, and Canopy has a bunch of really interesting ones. Uh, One that really stood out to me was called The Same Difference, Gender Roles in the Black Lesbian Community, which was an utterly fascinating look at the black lesbian community in New York and the way that internalized heteronormative gender roles affect the way members of that community interact with each other. So it's not a world that I'm really familiar with, and I was blown away by the complex factors that played into the relationships of the people that were featured in the documentary that I would have never considered otherwise. Also, Canopy has the Helvetica documentary, and if you've never watched a documentary about a font, then you're really missing out. (laughs) I read a book about fonts once, and it was super interesting because the people who designed them would have these like crazy rivalries. Yeah. Because it yeah. used to be like physical metal letters, right? So, well, and in this, docu- awesome. in this documentary, you actually have all these different schools of thought. And it centers around Helvetica because it was a, it's a very dominant font in our culture. But uh, there's a lot of opinions about whether it's good, bad, etc. Uh, I'm the type of nerd that actually browses font websites every once in a while. So for me, this was utterly fascinating. But I will say I'm more of a Futura man than a Helvetica fan. So Yeah, me too. Yeah. And there's a great book on Futura that we have in the system, but unfortunately it's not available online. Uh, but oh. you know, once we're open again, check it out. It's good. Yeah. Is it is it Futura that uh, Wes Anderson always uses when he does his opening credits in his movies? I think yes. he has a special font. Yeah, is it Futura? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's yeah it's Futura. And Futura is also the only font that is on the moon. It's on a plaque that NASA put up there. Oh. Yeah. That's fitting. Okay, so that's Canopy. 
And if you like TV and movies and stuff, oh, I almost forgot. Uh, there's a lot of feature films on Canopy too, like classic yeah. and independent films. And it's stuff you're not going to find on Netflix or Prime or Disney Plus or any of those other ones. So if you like movies uh, and especially independent film, check it out. Hoopla also has a lot of TVs and movies, but I don't usually use it for that. I usually use it for music. Whenever I'm in the mood for something particular, I've often found that Hoopla's collection has what I'm looking for. Like something comes up in the news, like Kendrick Lamar won the Pulitzer for music, the uh, first hip-hop artist ever to be recognized that way. So I downloaded his album and listened to it. When Prince passed mm. away, I went and downloaded Purple Rain. When I started listening to ambient music, Brian Eno was just waiting there. And if, yes. and if your favorite Clinton is George, there's a whole lot of Parliament and Funkadelic on tap. <laughs> Great way to put it. Oh, if you're having a dance party in the basement, flashlight is your go-to right there. <laughs> As a fun side note, they also have comedy albums. So when I was feeling nostalgic recently, I listened to Stephen Wright deliver his deadpan one-liners. Uh, they've got albums by Mitch Hedberg, Gilda Radner, Rodney Dangerfield, Robin Williams, Richard Pryor. I could go on and on and on. Back in the day... Like in the late 80s, 92 City FM used to play comedy albums late at night on Sundays, and I used to lie in bed listening to these things as I went to sleep. So being able to listen to these classic albums just really hits a great nostalgia spot for me. Another fun thing that you may or may not have tried out is PressReader. So PressReader is a database that has newspapers and magazines from around the world for free. I usually use it through a web browser, but they also have an app for your tablet or smartphone. But practically speaking, the smartphone app, it's tiny and the it's kind of like PDF files. So I don't really recommend using it on your smartphone, but a tablet or a computer, it works great. And I do have to mention that accessing PressReader is a little different from most of our online stuff. When you access PressReader through the library's website, it gives you free access to PressReader for two days, like 48 hours. So when you access it through our website, then you can log into PressReader. If you open up your app then on your tablet, you will log into it and then you will have access for 48 hours. But after that, you have to go back in through our website. So I mentioned that because it's a little weird. It's the only service we have that works like that. And it kind of throws people off a bit, but don't let it throw you because doing this, you get access to all this cool stuff. So every once in a while for fun, I'll look up English language newspapers from another country just to see what's happening there. Ever since I picked up a New Zealand radio station on my shortwave radio about 30 years ago, I've been fascinated by that country. And being able to go and read the Otago Daily Times or the New Zealand Herald, just to see what's happening, you know, what the local community is experiencing is great. If you're doing a school project on a country and you want to kind of get to know it, there's not a better way than seeing the local papers. Uh, or if you're from somewhere else, then you can check out the papers that way, too. I was originally born in Paraguay, and being able to access news from back home is a great comfort for my family. The other cool thing about PressReader is that uh, you can get access to certain other types of stuff sometimes. Like, I used to buy computer music and future music magazines years ago because they included a DVD-ROM, which had with it video tutorials, music production software. Nowadays, they've moved to an online distribution service for these kinds of things. And the magazine will tell you in the magazine how to access these if you have a virtual copy of the magazine. So every once in a while, I'll go check out one of them on PressReader, and then I'll use the download services, and I can get access to new VST plugins or sound samples or other cool things. 
And I'm just getting started. Um, <laughs> good. There's so many things. There Keep are. Going. And the cost savings on these things is fantastic. Like consumer reports is another one of the things that I've often recommended to people in the library. Oh, and yeah. I any, use it a lot. Anytime that I'm making a big purchase, like I can't afford to buy something that sucks uh, if it's going to cost me a lot of money. So I look for reviews. And the thing about looking online for reviews is that sometimes they're a little less than reliable. It's well known that unscrupulous companies hire people to make fake reviews, both praising their own products and criticizing their competitors' products. Not saying it happens all the time and companies are trying to reduce that, but it happens. That's one of the things I've loved about Consumer Reports because they don't accept advertising. They don't accept sample products. They buy a product and review it. And they're not influenced because they don't have to rely on the manufacturers for advertising. So if you go through the library's database page, you can go straight from there to the Consumer Reports website. It's searchable. You can find reviews for things you're interested in a lot more easily than you could when it was just a magazine. As I remember, you know, 10, 20 years ago, helping people look through indexes to find the particular issue that had the review for the thing that they were interested in. Now you just go hit that search button. I've used it to help me pick out a refrigerator, a washer-dryer. Both of the vehicles that I've purchased uh, is just a really handy resource that I highly recommend. And I saved my favorite for last, <laughs> Linda Library. Uh, this is an online video training resource with thousands of courses on a range of topics. They have courses for beginners, for experts, for intermediate level a lot of the courses are software-related, like 3D modeling, website design, graphics, video editing, business and productivity. But there's also stuff on marketing, photography, music production, making presentations, management, things like that. It is very business-focused, but if you're like me and you're interested, especially in different types of software or things like photography, it's great. The courses are all taught by experts in their fields, and most of the courses have downloadable material you can use to follow along and practice with. I've watched a lot of tutorials over the years for YouTube or other websites, and they can be really hit or miss. Uh, some of them are excellent, but some of them are not. Some of them are inconsistent. Some of them have a lot of mistakes. The ones on Linda are updated regularly, so if something changes about the program you're using, they update their course. So when you watch it, you get the latest information. Uh, so to give you an example, I watched the course on Audacity a couple of years ago. Now, I've used Audacity for at least a decade. I've used it for music production and other types of recording, and I use it for editing these podcasts. But I watched the video, and I actually learned several useful things that I didn't know and that I've put into my workflow since then. I just finished a five-hour course on Inkscape, which is a free open-source vector graphics program that, again, I've used a lot, but I learned new things that will help me use it better. Uh, we use it in the idea mill a lot for design projects and things, and we're going to be using it even more in the future with a new piece of equipment that we'll be making available once things get back to some kind of normal. I looked it up the other day because I was curious, and I've completed 31 courses over the past several years, and I've watched parts wow. of it. Yeah, I've watched parts of at least 40 more. So <laughs> this is an excellent resource. If you're just subscribing to it as a you know a casual customer, uh, they charge a fair bit of money for it, and, and it's worth it because it's a really good resource. But you get that resource for free with your library card, so take advantage. Yeah, when uh, the announcement was made that Winnipeg Public Library had uh, access to Linda, I know lots of people who had already used it were just so excited that finally we were going to be able to access it for free. Um, but I'm so surprised at how many people don't realize that we have it. So... 
Yeah, that was useful to hear your take on it. Yeah, such I a good love resource. Linda. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I am going to talk about Past Forward, which is another resource that I I feel like not enough people know that we have, and uh, it is a. Sorry, let me just bring it up here. Uh, you can find it. So if you go to our website, um, if you go under our collections, it says Pass Forward, which is Winnipeg's digital history. And basically, it is a collection of images. There are some audio clips, um, lots of postcards. The Henderson directories are on there. And all of the, the, the those materials you can um, look through, browse, or look for specific things. You can search for them as well. It is also all in the public domain, so it's you can also use it for your own research. So basically what it is, is there are two Winnipeggers donated their postcard collections, Rob McInnes and Martin Berman. And so uh, that sort of is a big part of the collection. And so they it's all been digitized and added into the um, collection. And then, like I said, Henderson directories. We also have a bunch of historical postcards just from the public as well. We held a few public digitization days and uh, that um, material was included. There's also Voices of the North End. So local author Russ Gorlikin um, interviewed many Winnipeggers for his book, The Mosaic Village. And then he has allowed those audio interviews to be in this collection. And so you can listen to them as well. Uh, there's also music history. So lots of old posters and handbills. And then Winnipeg Public Libraries. There's There are some old images of old Winnipeg libraries, which is pretty cool. So since I've been I've been home here working remotely, um, I'm I'm at home here with my son who's also working remotely, obviously, and um, he's working on a on a project about the old uh, Pasadena apartment buildings um, on Hugo. So we've been using this site kind of to look to see if there if there's any sort of uh, you know any sort of postcards or images uh, that might be of interest and. Um, we didn't see any any pictures of the Pasadena apartments exactly, but we found some postcards um, from that area. And then I was just getting then super, it was like a, another uh, black hole, like, uh, like yeah. Ancestry.com, yeah. where you then just start go, getting into it. And um, so then I, I found this postcard. I mean, Isaac had then actually left by, by then. But anyway, I was on this, still looking up um, images. And there was this picture of Wellington between Hugo and Coburn. So it shows the back of the postcard too. And on the back, somebody had written, I would like to pop in without you knowing. Does hubby come home at noon? I was like, what? <laughs> what is What's behind this story? And also, why do you send a postcard about it? And then that made me kind of wonder like, wow. So, because so, so many of these postcards were of specific areas in Winnipeg and so all of these images were made into postcards. Like we don't do that anymore. We have like, you know, of, mm. you know, specific, like, you know, the Provence Bridge, the Canadian Human Rights Museum, but like these were of just streets. Mm-hmm. Anyway, super interesting. So then of course I wanted to check out a la Trevor who uses Google ma- or the Google Maps or whatever to, when he's reading a book to see what Google uh, Maps uh, go- or whatever, uh, sorry. apparently. Sorry, Google Street View. Street View. Street View. Street View. Yeah. 
to see what, what the buildings looked like. So, of course, I then had to go onto this site and I live on Arlington Street. So I wanted to look at that. And I saw some really old pictures of the Grace Hospital. And again, 1907. So from the Grace Hospital, dear Francis, I have something very important to tell you when I see you. That's it. Like such short little snippets. Happy Land. Lots of uh, images of Happy Land, which used to be here in in Wolseley. Such a interesting, what was it called? Like with acrobats and rides and... uh, Amusement um, park. Like a fair, amusement park, amusement park. We found, I found one that was a, of Happy Land from like 19, I can't even remember now, 1912 or something. And it says, uh, all it said was, call again in haste. And then mm-hmm. that was it. So it was almost like it was just a little text, you know? Yeah. And then, because <laughs> yeah, I guess either mail was really quickly delivered or you would send someone with the postcard to someone's house. So it would be delivered right away. Anyway, it just got me thinking. You'd see these images and then you'd read what they'd written on the back of it. Anyway, I also found an image of uh, the old Carnegie Library on William from 1910. Dear friend, I'm out here and done a week's worth. I like it fine. Say, just eat a peach or two for me sometime. Whoa. <laughs> that, that sounded like something like Trevor might write. Say, okay, you say, eat a peach that, for me it, sometime, <laughs> pal. Sounds like a poem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I sort of thought so many of these, I mean, of course, great for research, just super interesting because we live here in this city, but also just as sort of prompts for writing Mm -hmm. or any sort of ideas, um, poetry. Yeah, so that is passed forward. And I do want to just say as well, uh, Louis Philippe, who is our librarian who works at Millennium in the local history room. He is planning to do sort of a little guessing game using images from Pass Forward, where he's going to, I think, show parts of the images and then maybe with a little bit of um, a little bit of text um, or information. And then folks are supposed to then guess where that image was taken from. So look for that on social media, Instagram, probably, um, and certainly our Facebook, the Winnipeg Public Library Facebook group, too. So uh, that should be that should be pretty fun. I then did just want to just mention, too, our social media. It's a great way to be connected to Winnipeg Public Library and for updates like, you know, the block removals uh, that Trevor talked about at the beginning. You know, we we put that word out. As soon as we're able to do that, we put the word out on uh, on our Instagram account, our Twitter account, uh, Facebook group. But there's also, like right now, they're doing word of the day and they have all these kind of neat words of the day that just kind of it's just something of interest, something that might kind of also stir your imagination. We have lots of literary birthdays on there, notices of any live concerts that are happening, like the Fred Penner one that happened last week. It was on social media that I heard about the audiobook cloud, which you can download books and listen to them. No holds, no software required, no waiting periods, super easy. I also heard about RBG uh, Digital. You can download actually coloring books too. So it's a great way to be connected with the rest of our um, online resources. And it's fun. You can also keep up to date on all of our time to read activities as well if you follow us on Instagram and Twitter and, and Facebook. Anything else that anybody wanted to mention or that was a lot. I'm still thinking about whether that hubby you came home at lunch or not. 
I would like to pop in without you knowing. Mm. (laughs) Maybe Louis Philippe can uh, find the answer or make that part of the quiz. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll have to let him know. It really reminded me, um, remember there was that website called Post Secret when people Mm, would mm -hmm. um, submit their postcards with like a sometimes a deep, dark secret on there. But I felt very much like I was almost like a bit of a voyeur reading the backs of these (laughs) postcards. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that part wraps it up. And now it's time for everyone's favorite segment, Nerd Words for Word Nerds, a part of each show where hosts boil down their most prevalent thoughts of the past little while into one word. So... Who would like to go first? We're looking at you, Erica. I'll go first. Yeah, I'll go first. Uh, There's Um, at least one thing that we can rely on. I like to go first. So my word is pivot. And I've been thinking about pivot a lot because it's one of the words popping up in terms of the changes that we've all had to make to how we get things done. So the Cambridge Dictionary defines pivot as a verb. Pivot means to change your opinions, statements, decisions, etc. so that they are different to what they were before. And that's the meaning of pivot that I've been hearing everywhere. But pivot is also a noun. And as a noun, it is a fixed point supporting something that turns or balances. Or the central or most important person or thing in a situation and both feel very poignant to me right now. We are all pivoting in our, the directions of our work. We're pivoting in the way we view our day-to-day lives and our family and our friends. And many of us are also trying to act as a pivot and be a central, stable point for the people in our lives or for our work. So my word is both types of pivot, pivot as a noun and pivot as a verb. Mm-hmm. Well, my nerd word is actually possibly a nerd phrase. Is that still allowed during these trying yes. times? All right. Of so course. my it's a silver lining, and this is a nerd word first for me, where I'm I'm not actually going to define it. I can tell you that uh, it comes from the phrase "every cloud has a silver lining," because the idea that through a cloud the sun is shining, and because I'm not going to define it, I think we can all possibly think of our own silver linings, things that even though we're not going to pretend this is normal and this is okay, that there are moments that we're experiencing that we can look towards as being hopeful, that we're uh, grateful for. So I would just like to challenge uh, all of our listeners to think of just maybe one thing that they're grateful for, and that can be your silver lining. Silver lining. Yay. Nice. One of my silver linings is that when I take a coffee break now, I can go pet my cat and she can sit on my chest and purr. That's great. That's a good one. I don't normally get that one at the library. (laughs) One of my silver linings is that my commute has become very, very easy. It's about about 12 steps from my bedroom to the kitchen table. So uh, no traffic. That's a good one, too. Okay, I'll give you my nerd word for this month, and it's saponification. So saponification is a process that involves conversion of fat or oil or lipid into soap and alcohol by the action of heat in the presence of aqueous alkali, according to Wikipedia. So that's a longer way or more complicated way of saying it's the way you make soap. And we all are a little more familiar with soap than we uh, were before, probably. (laughs) 
There is a legend that soap was discovered in Rome, that women washing clothes in the Tiber River near a place where animals were regularly sacrificed noticed that the mixture where the animal fats from the sacrifices had combined with the ashes and the clay helped clean their clothes more easily. That legend is incorrect, of course, because the ancient Babylonians had already written down soap recipes from at least 2800 BCE. I was uh, looking at videos and other things about soap, and uh, it was interesting. The way soap works is that one half of a soap molecule is attracted to oils and stuff, and the other half is attracted to water. So when you lather up your hands, those molecules stick to the oily stuff and all the gunk that's on your hands, and when you rinse, the water-attracted part just goes with the water and goes down the drain. So in the process, it cleans off the gunk and bacteria and viruses and stuff. You may wonder, as I did, if soap can get dirty. Because after all, if you've ever seen a bar of soap sitting in a dish that's been there for a while and has gone through a lot of hands, it can look a little gross. And you may ask, you know, what if someone had something gross or infectious on their hands and they wash their hands and now are you going to get sick if you wash it from that same bar of soap? So it is true that the more a bar of soap is used, the more microorganisms live on it. Studies show that bars of soap can harbor bacteria like E. coli and staph and stuff like that. However, other studies show that it doesn't transfer to the next person who uses it. And, uh, of course, being science, the way scientists tested it is that they coated their hands with like 70 times the amount of E. coli that you would normally be able to get on your hands. And they washed their hands with soap. And then they had another lovely participant just come right along <laughs> and wash their hands next. And they aren't able to detect the uh, bacteria on that person's hands. So even if your wow. bar of soap looks gross, it's okay. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the, the way that the soap works keeps it from going onto your hands and you're able to wash your hands safely. Or if you're still grossed out by a bar of soap, you can get liquid soap. It's not a, not a big deal. <laughs> of the many things I'm thankful for these days, one of the big ones is for the existence of soap. Because it's cheap, it's plentiful, and regular use of it goes a long way to keeping us safe from the tiny little organisms that might harm us. And it's all thanks to the process of saponification. <laughs> Thank you, Yay. Soap. Oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to start buying more bars of soap again. You know, because, yeah, you, like I think I stopped buying the bars because you sort of think, oh, well, that's that sort of, yeah, it looks so yeah. dirty. But you've, yeah. oh, you've changed my use, buying habit. <laughs> yeah, I have to use soap bars because... Um, my hands do like my hands react oddly to most kinds of soap. Like I mm. have like a like a con like an eczema thing. So I really only used you know ivory or what's the other one oil of Olay on it. So whenever you, whenever I'm someplace you, else, I have to bring my bar of soap. Have yeah. you ever used that crazy soap uh, ponds? I think it's called. It's like kind of an oval shaped and it looks all like weird, like a kind of brown, goldy colored. It's kind of translucent. Yeah, this, the translucent yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that stuff is My like, you know, that's those. pure soap. You know, <laughs> no, no one's messing around there, right, no. with the fancy scents. That's just like... I like I know. like those translucent soaps, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, the, I, like the soaps. I like the lavender. Yeah, I'll me go too. Lavender. I use the lavender body wash all the time. I love the smell of lavender, but I can't, have it on, I can't use it on my hands. So. Uh, no. I, I have like a sleep, like a pillow spray of lavender. For, oh. for sleep times, I've heard I've heard it's good for yeah. uh, sleepy times. It's very yeah. good for sleepy times. <laughs> yeah. This is how grown ups talk when they have kids around. <laughs> that is. <laughs> <laughs> I can barely form sentences. 
<laughs> the nice thing about soap too is it doesn't really matter what soap you get. Like there's a lot of different formulations and you can't really pick a bad soap. Mm-hmm. You get what you like in terms of scent and how it feels on your skin and stuff. Cause my wife has the same thing. She uses ivory because other soaps sometimes make mm-hmm. her less than comfortable for various reasons. And uh, you, yeah, it doesn't matter what soap you have. All soap is good. Just use soap. soap. Yeah. Yeah. All soap is All good. All soap is good soap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Except don't get that antibacterial hand soap. You don't need no. it. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. do- no, that's, that's right. going too far. Mm-hmm. It doesn't help. That's right. And it can increase bacterial resistance in, uh, or, yeah. yeah, resistance in bacteria. So don't use mm-hmm. it. Regular soap will do the job. Just wash yeah. your hands properly, yeah. like they show in all those videos where you're going over yeah. everything. And yeah. Oh, I have a really songs. good. I really have a good. I have a good tip for that, and it comes from my sister. So a shout out to Laura that it's the only thing that's gotten Meredith to actually wash her hands for a period of time, and it's a song to the tune of Frere Jacques. And uh, maybe I'll put it on the show notes or something because it has that leads them. The lyrics lead them through all the things that you're supposed to scrub the backs of your hands, the webbing and stuff like that. But it's all like, um, you know, like time to scratch the dog now, or I think I need a back rub and thumbs up. Like, things like this. <laughs> oh, I think I saw that. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's yeah. so good. And it like, at least for us, it totally worked in actually getting, get her to take the, the time to stand there and wash her hands with soap. Nice. And I have a little hand washing tip uh, that I learned just recently. I'll, you guys are probably already aware of this, but I learned this from my <laughs> wife. And that's it, with all this very frequent hand washing, we're probably finding our hands are a bit raw and, and red. Mm. And, and, you know, so uh, she introduced me to hand cream. <laughs> <laughs> this new invention called hand cream? Yeah. Like I, I know it existed, but I never used it. No. Uh, but, but I put a little squirt on the other day, and I'll tell you what. I, it, it I think it helped. I think it helps. I I have to use it because of my thing. I have to use it like yeah. almost every time I wash my hands. Yeah, see, I when like I came back to the party, <laughs> <laughs> when I came back from Morocco, I brought a big uh, container of Aragon oil, and it's mm. really nice. Yes, and I actually like mm. put it all over my my body, but also my hands <laughs> and That's my face because I find like yeah. everything is also so dry right now. But and yeah. Uh, yeah. Raw. Anyway, so that's really nice too, just pure. Okay, so my nerd word, I think I've done this before where I've actually like chosen a word from another language as my nerd word because I do love the Germans and their compound words <laughs> and their ability to choose words that describe something that we don't have a word to describe the same thing in English. So after, you know, looking at all these pass forward postcards and thinking about, you know, the person was able to go visit Mabel or whatever her name was uh, before her husband came home or, or you know, what was it that uh, Francis needed to find out about her friend, something, the important thing. You know, you start to sort of like create these scenarios in your mind or little films. And I mean, and I'm very good at that anyway, just sort of sitting here by my window, just staring outside, looking at someone I don't even have to be looking at someone I can actually just create a whole I guess it's a daydream right that's what we would call it a daydream (laughs) but in German it's a noun called das Kopfkino so which literally means the head cinema 
So it means the cinema in in your head. And of course, this can go sometimes lots of people then start to sort of fall into sort of more the negative um, scenarios. But I'm trying to sort of more focus on some of the more positive scenarios as well. So uh, that's all that sort of rolling pictures that sort of happen in your head. Kopfkino, which I think is a bit more descriptive than daydreaming because I can go through it like a whole film in my head sometimes if I'm just sitting here and you know there's characters oh and then I come back to it too like maybe like on uh, the next day if I'm going for a walk or something and that's like oh I'll just revisit that uh that little film that's in my head but it also just yeah made me think of it too with the whole say just eat a peach or two for me sometime would you yeah. <laughs> and unfortunately kirsten's daydreams are one of the few resources that are not available through the wpl uh, <laughs> uh website uh but you have to you contact her directly down- you can't download it from canopy <laughs> no which is a real shame <laughs> All right. Well, unfortunately, that's all the time we have. Thank you so much, dear readers and listeners, for tuning into this, the 27 and a half episode of the Time to Read podcast. But have no fear. You need only wait another two weeks for the regular release of our next full episode of the Time to Read podcast book club, where we discuss The Hound of the Baskervilles by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, a book that is freely available all the time from the Winnipeg Public Library Overdrive service. No waiting periods for you. So get in on the conversation by finding us on Facebook or emailing us at wpl-podcast.winnipeg.ca. Have a book you'd love us to discuss? Let us know. We'd love it if you'd hit subscribe in iTunes or your favorite podcast service. We'd love it even more if you'd give us a rate and a review. And until next time, make sure you find... Time Time to read. just edit out the part where you say the other person's name <laughs> all right i don't know why i didn't think of okay. that the first time but here we go <laughs> well because it sounds like it's a lot of extra work for you so yeah eh, i, I edit out so many things that it's uh it's not that bad <laughs> so many things yeah. you guys just forget how <laughs> I can always oh, send bad. you the, the original raw, sounds. I can always send you the raw audio so you oh, can no, listen to it no, after. No, don't don't break the illusion. <laughs>